0: Specialty Story, session number 48. Whether you're a pre-med or a medical student, you've answered the calling to become a physician. Soon you'll have to start deciding what type of medicine you'll want to practice. I'm here to tell you the stories of the specialists from every field, to give you the information you need to make sure you make the most informed decision possible when it comes to choosing your specialty. And welcome to Specialty Stories. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week. Usually, I have a physician to bring on to talk about their specialty. And every once in a while, I'll do a deep dive into match data for the different specialties to give you an idea of how hard or how easy It is to match in to a specific specialty, and that's what we're going to do today. We're going to dive into a match data for a primary care specialty. We haven't done a primary care specialty yet. We've done anesthesiology, emergency medicine, ortho, PM&R, general surgery, dermatology. I think that's all of them, but today I want to do a primary care specialty. I want to do pediatrics. Now, I get all of this data from the NRMP match results and data for 2017. So if you Google NRMP match data, you'll be taken to a page called the Main Residency Match Data and Reports page on the NRMP's website, which is nrmp.org. Now, under Data Reports, Results and Data 2017 Main Residency Match is what we want to look at first and we're going to break down and talk about the results of the match data. Now just to give you an overview again, when you are in medical school, you apply to a match. It's an algorithm-based system to match medical students to residency slots here in the United States. The people, the the I think there were 3 of them, 3 people that created this algorithm actually won a Nobel Prize for the algorithm, for what it does. It's been around for a while now, and this is just the way it is. It's not a normal job application where you just apply to 40 places and you go and interview at all 40 and whoever wants you, they, they offer you something and then you say yes or no. That's just not how it works. You rank based on what programs you like, the programs rank based on who they like, and the magic happens. So let's go ahead and dive in to match data. So I'm in the PDF again for 2017. In table one, which talks about just a general summary, I'm looking at pediatrics for categorical slots. There are 204 programs for the categorical pediatric program. 2,738 different positions available. Now if you look at this data it says categorical so categorical means you are going for all 3 years to that program now they do have a pediatrics preliminary spot on there as well and that just means it's just a pgy1 slot so there are a couple extra slots available maybe for somebody who didn't match into a categorical you can you can apply for a preliminary Slot to make sure uh, that you're gonna go somewhere, and uh, you'll see as we cover the data what that all means. So we're gonna cover mostly categorical here. So that means you're applying to one program all three years for your pediatrics uh, residency. So again, two thousand seven hundred thirty-eight uh, positions, two hundred and four programs. It's a lot of programs. Just to give you an idea of what that looks like, when you look at other residencies, so if you look at family medicine, right, pediatrics, 204, family medicine, 520, internal medicine, categorical, 467, psychiatry, 236. There's more psychiatry rotations, or not rotations, more psychiatry programs than there are Pediatric programs. So it's interesting. More surgery programs. 267. Crazy. So not a lot of peds. I mean, there's a lot. 2,738 spots, which is a lot. But the number of programs is a little. So uh, compared to some of the other programs. Number of unfilled programs based on pre-soap. So if you remember, SOAP is the Supplemental Offer and Acceptance program. The students who match in SOAP are not counted in this chart here on table one. So there were 13 programs that went unfilled in the 2017 match. So that means 13 programs, they had at least one spot left. Number of applicants. So when you look at 2,738 positions offered, we always worry about students being able to match, right? You graduate from medical school, you worry about students matching. If you're applying to pediatrics, you shouldn't have to worry about it too much. Out of the 2,738 positions, there were only 2,056 U.S. seniors applying for those programs. So almost, almost 700 spots available for U.S. seniors. That's assuming that those U.S. seniors are qualified for those spots, right? Just because you're a U.S. senior doesn't mean you're going to get a spot over an international medical graduate, over a osteopathic medical student, because remember, this is the NRMP data. This is the MD data. And U.S. seniors on this chart means students at an allopathic medical school. They are seniors at an allopathic medical school, not a graduate of an allopathic medical school. Those are considered elsewhere, but these are actual students still. So this doesn't count the number of DO students applying for these programs. It doesn't count the number of international medical graduates applying for these programs. When you look at the total number of applicants, 3,763. So there are a thousand more students, a thousand more applicants than there are spots available. Think about that. A thousand more applicants than there are spots available, yet 700 less seniors. So there's a lot of international medical graduates, most likely Applying for those spots. When you look at the number of matches, 1,849 are U.S. seniors. So there's still 200 U.S. seniors that applied and did not match. Now, could be several different reasons for that. Number one, their board scores were terrible. Could be, right? Pediatrics typically is not a very board heavy specialty, and we'll cover uh, average. USMLE scores in a little bit, but typically not a very heavy board score field. Doesn't mean that you can bomb your boards and and match, even though it's pediatrics. But maybe they had good board scores. Maybe they're a terrible person. Maybe they're a bad interviewer. Maybe they didn't apply to enough programs. There are lots of reasons for not matching. As a U.S. senior, and we'll talk a little bit more as we go through and, and look at more data. So that's table one, the match summary for 2017. So 700 fewer U.S. seniors were applying for those spots, but a thousand more total applicants than there were spots available. All right, moving on to table two, one of my favorite tables in the NRMP match data. Yes, I'm that big of a nerd. That I have favorite tables, but table two, again, we're looking at pediatrics for categorical data. So we, we talked about the number of positions, 2,738, number filled 2,693, so almost almost 50 slots roughly went unfilled. How many of those went to U.S. seniors? We talked about that, 1,849, so 2,738. 38 spots, 1,849 went to U.S. seniors. So about 900 or so left for other people, other applicants. So who did they go to? Well, 24 went to U.S. grads. And remember we talked, U.S. seniors for this data, the NRMP data, U.S. seniors means students still currently at an allopathic, an MD-granting medical school. A U.S. grad is somebody that's graduated already from an M.D. granting medical school. Now, these could be students who didn't know what they wanted to do and wanted to go do some more information or some more information, some more shadowing, some more uh, research. These could be former students who didn't get in previously. These could be former students who wanted to do some research first. We don't know. Just they've graduated and now they're, they're applying and they get in. So 24 of those students, osteopathic students, 361 went into an allopathic or a pediatrics categorical residency. Two, two students were Canadian graduates. Now, there aren't a lot. When you look at this data, there are not a lot of Canadians getting into residencies here in the U.S. Now, that doesn't mean that a Canadian student who's at a U.S. school means a Canadian graduate. So when you look at the overall numbers, only seven total Canadian graduates got into a PGY-1 position based on this data here on table two. Two of them went into pediatrics. 204 are US IMGs, international medical graduates, 204. So this is somebody who's a US senior, or not a US senior, a US citizen who went to a An overseas school, whether Caribbean, uh, Israel, um, Australia, wherever they went, Scotland, I think there's one. They're all over the place. 204 of those students, 253 are non US citizen international medical graduates. 45 spots went unfilled for the pediatrics categorical rotation. So if you're an osteopath, good for you. A lot of students matching into pediatrics. A U.S. international medical graduate, still a big opportunity for for you to go into pediatrics. One of the tables that I like looking at just to get an overview of where things have been and where they are going is table three, which talks about the positions offered in the MATCH program between 2013 and 2017. And when you look at pediatrics, it's growing pretty substantially, about 10% every year from 2013 to 2017. So 2013 started off at 2,616, 2017, 2,738, between 95 and 10% growth year after year. Big year five of the 2017 match data, again, from NRMP, shows just how big pediatrics is, right? So internal medicine has the most positions offered. Family medicine followed second. And pediatrics is third. Most positions offered at 2,821. 2,775 of those were filled. And 1,880 were filled by U.S. allopathic seniors. So those numbers are a little bit off based on what I counted earlier. The numbers here are reporting just a little bit different of the the numbers that were in the previous chart, but it gives you a good a rough idea. So table eight, I really like. I, apparently I like every table and figure here, but table eight gives us a percentage of breakdown filled by U.S. students and by total. So when you look at pediatrics this year, 2017, were filled by U.S. seniors. Again, total 98.4. There were those roughly 50 slots that went unfilled. But every year, when you look back to 2013 in this table, 2013 was 70%, and then almost 69, almost 71, 68, and now 67.5. So the last couple of years, it's gone down a tiny bit, not a huge shift but it's just showing you that it's roughly the same every year. When you look at the average, and this is kind of interesting, when you look at the average total PGY-1 slots being filled by U.S. seniors, 60.6 is the average based on all of them. Now, when you look at this chart, there's a huge variation between who, who's matching in the more primary care and who's matching in more of the sub specialties. So, the number the overall number is is kind of hard to look at and and guess, but um, the average is 60.6. Table 9 is a fun one where it shows that 9.7% of all applicants matching into a PGY1 specialty are into pediatrics, categorical pediatrics, 9.7%. So almost 10% of all students matching go into pediatrics. Just to give you a comparison, family practice, 11.6% internal medicine, 25.6%. Let's find a specialty that's near pediatrics at 9.7, and there really isn't. The primary cares obviously dominate this. So one of the closest ones here OBGYN, which some would consider a primary care for for women's health, is 4.7%. So again, pediatrics, 9.7% of all students who match into a specialty match into pediatrics. And for you osteopathic students out there, if you look at table 11, it shows that 12.3% of all osteopathic students who match into a PGY1 position, an allopathic program, because this is the NRMP data, 12.3% of osteopathic matches match into pediatrics. Again, looking at the rest of the data, kind of goes with the other data that we looked at, 196 in the family medicine, 23.5% of all osteopaths matching into an allopathic program match into internal medicine. Figure six in the NRMP match data looks at the percentage of unmatched U.S. seniors and independent applicants. So again, for this, independent applicants is going to be the IMGs, going to be the osteopathic students. And so looking at pediatrics, the total unmatched is 12.4. The unmatched independent applicants is 30.5. So it's very heavy with independent applicants. Unmatched seniors, only 2.3%. And just to give you an idea of what other specialties look like, it's kind of interesting. So you look at something like med internal medicine and pediatrics, only 0.5% of U.S. seniors are unmatched there. Surgery for prelim is 1.3%. Surgery for general, like categorical, is 9.6, so very high there. Neurosurgery, 10.4. Orthopedics, 15.1 for U.S. seniors, unmatched. So pediatrics is relatively low, which you would expect. Let's look at SOAP. So we talked about SOAP earlier, Supplemental Offer and Acceptance Program. So these are for students who didn't match in the first go-round and had to what we previously called scramble. A lot of people still refer to it as scrambling but it's the SOAP process. And so there were 12 programs in pediatrics that did not fill and that participated in the SOAP program. 44 positions were available. All 44 spots were filled through the SOAP program. So when you go and you look at the tables above, like table two, when we look at the overview, it looks like there's unfilled spots, but that doesn't count the soap and filling those spots through the soap. All right, so let's switch gears and go into the second document that I love to look at, the charting outcomes in the match data. And I usually just look at U.S. allopathic seniors just to to dive into this. But they do have data for U.S. osteopathic medical students and graduates and for international medical graduates. But we're going to do, we're going to look at the allopathic seniors, again, looking at pediatrics. So again, this is provided by the NRMP. You can find it on the NRMP website, nrmp.org. Now, I really like the charting the outcomes document because it just, it, it displays the information a little bit different, makes it very interesting to look at. This is data from 2016. So the previous document we were talking about is 2017 data. This is looking at 2016 data. It takes the NRMP a little bit longer to update this one. Looking at chart four, remember we were talking about several reasons why students don't get in. And one of those is not ranking enough programs. When you look at those who did not match for pediatrics, the median number of contiguous ranks for US allopathic seniors, this is chart four, is only three. That means that a student whose ranking programs ranks three programs before having a a not match spot, or they only rank three programs. So when you are applying to programs, depending on what you're doing, you can have Program one, program two, program three. Number four is not match. And then you can have program four after that. You can you can have a not match in there. And so students who did not match only have three programs contiguously ranked, if that's a word. Those who did match ranked 12. This is going to be the theme of matching or not matching For every specialty, you need to rank enough programs to match, period. You cannot be super selective with programs where you match or where you're applying to. You have to apply broadly. It's just like medical school, right? The average number for the AMCAS application is 14 or 15, depending on what numbers you look at. Same thing for DOs. You have to apply broadly. Same goes for your rank list when you are applying for residencies. The biggest mistake that you can make is not ranking enough programs. Research is not very big among pediatrics. Chart number eight, looking at those who matched, who didn't match, research numbers were almost identical, 2.5 uh, The mean number of research experiences for those who matched, 2.4 for those who did not match. Looking at chart 12, only 16% of the U.S. seniors were members of AOA Alpha Omega Alpha, the U.S. MD Pre-Med Honor Society for Medical Students. So only 16% of the U.S. seniors matching into pediatrics were AOA. When you look at more of the competitive specialties like dermatology is 53%, plastic surgery 52%, ENT 45%. So AOA is very much tied to the more competitive specialties. All right, then we go down pretty far into this document, around 150 plus pages into table PD-1. So this is looking specifically at pediatric information. The mean number of contiguous ranks for those who matched 11.9. So that's where we got that 12 earlier. Those who did not match only 4. You have to rank enough programs. Mean USMLE step 1 score. So this is step 1 score, 230 for those who matched, 207 for those who did not. Step 2 score higher at 244, 224 for those who did not match. So Step one score still pretty high at 230, but not near the crazy scores for more of the competitive specialties. I love Graph PD-1. I've harped on it enough, I think, the number of contiguous ranks. Graph PD-1 shows a curve. The probability of matching is around 64% if you only rank one program, 70% for two programs, Roughly 75% for three programs, 83, 84% for four programs. The more programs you rank, the better your chance will be. Upwards of 100% chance of matching at around 13 programs ranked. All right, so let's move past match data and look at the Medscape Lifestyle Report. One of my favorite things to look at. I have lots of favorites I've realized today. <laughs> well, let's look at the 2017 Lifestyle Report from Medscape. And so, pull this up and we look at which physicians are most burnt out. Slide number 2 here. Pediatrics is on here. Of course, most of the specialties are on here, the the biggest ones. And pediatrics is upwards. It's it's right above the halfway point, 51%. Highest 59% is emergency medicine. When you look at how severe the burnout is, pediatrics is on the lower end. They have a weird scale. Check it out again, Medscape Lifestyle Report for 2017, but it explains the scale. Which physicians are the happiest? Slide 18, pediatrics is higher up. 36% are happiest at work, 70% happiest outside of work. It's not too bad. And let's get to the nitty-gritty Medscape Physician compensation report for 2017 specialties on slide two here three hundred and sixteen thousand primary care which pediatrics is part of two hundred and seventeen thousand so who has the highest average annual physician compensation orthopedics is four hundred and eighty nine thousand dollars pediatrics is the very lowest at two hundred and two so if you've listened to some of the other specialty stories episodes where we talk to pediatric specialists. On average, they all say that pediatric specialties are always, always, always paid less than the their adult counterparts. So very interesting. Pediatrics, the lowest physician compensation. Again, still a great salary, right? The average $202,000, still great. What's interesting looking at slide five, who's up, who's down, pediatrics is the only one that went down, went down 1%. Now what's interesting, even though pediatrics is the lowest paid specialty, more than half of the physicians feel fairly compensated. They're right around the halfway mark in this whole chart. Again, this is slide 18 for the Medscape Physician Compensation Report. Emergency medicine, 68% of those physicians feel Fairly compensated. Nephrology is the lowest at 41%. So 52% of all pediatricians, at least in this survey, feel like they are, they are fairly compensated. Would you choose medicine again? Slide 38 for the Medscape Physician Compensation Report for 2017. The highest is rheumatology. The lowest is neurology. Pediatrics, 78% kind of right in the middle of the pack with everybody else. And they're right around the middle of the pack for the same specialty as well. Who would choose the same specialty? 96% of dermatologists say they would choose the same specialty. Only 64% of internists say they would choose it. But pediatrics right there, a little bit lower than middle at 81%, saying they would choose the same specialty. That is all I have for you for Pediatrics categorical information for match data, compensation report, lifestyle report, and so much more. So, if you are interested in going into pediatrics, maybe a general pediatrics or even a subspecialty, there's some information for you as you figure out what you want to do with your career moving forward. Hopefully, that was helpful. I like doing these deep dives into the match data. We'll have some more great guests for you coming up soon. If you have a physician that you know that you want me to talk to, shoot me an email, ryan at medicalschoolhq.net. I'm always looking for guests for this podcast. If you follow somebody on Instagram or Snapchat or wherever and you think they'll make a good guest, reach out to them, let them know about me, put us in contact. Again, ryan at medicalschoolhq.net. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on Specialty Stories and MedEd Media.